0: Welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 195. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we have the illustrious Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Okay. That damn SantaCon thing was yesterday, and that was kind of a pain in my ass, but other than that...
1: Yeah, I See, you. I saw you got Twitter slammed. <laughs>
0: yeah, some... <laughs> it was like right away, too. Like, as soon as I sent out that tweet, somebody was on that shit. <laughs>
1: I just I, I like to visualize them just sitting at home, just refreshing their search yeah. of SantaCon every second, just to fucking go to bat for SantaCon.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna reply, but then I was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna bother, not even gonna dignify that that tweet with a response. <laughs> Here's the thing. First of all, so what, First of all, I'm okay. not old. Secondly, even if I was 21 years old. I would not do SantaCon. It's ridiculous and stupid and annoying. So this, that's that's my next question. What's SantaCon? It's a pub crawl. It's a pub yeah. crawl throughout New York City. And there was like... Ah, what was the number? Like 16,000 people signed up or something? And what, they're all dressed up like Santa? Yeah, yeah. Sort of. I mean, there's people... <laughs> There's people in, like, full-on Santa costumes, and then some people just wear the Santa hat. Oh, that's not cool. And then a lot of girls dress up as, like, slutty Mrs. Claus. Oh. It's just... It's it's like a bro thing.
1: Sounds awful.
0: Yeah. I work in Chelsea, so there was tons of people there yesterday, and it was annoying, and then... I live in East Village so I come home get off the train and they're all over there East Village too I'm like what the fuck's going on here they're like following me and of course like as I'm walking home there's this uh, full grown man he's probably in his 30s laying out on the sidewalk vomit all over the sidewalk it's like this is disgusting and you people should all be ashamed of yourselves
1: (laughs) oh god
0: yeah, it's it was not. It wasn't cool. Yeah, so if you're planning on visiting New York for the holidays, don't come when it's SantaCon unless you're yes. unless you're like, you know, in in your 20s and want to party it up, then it's probably cool if you're into that scene, but I'm not, so for me it was just yeah. annoying.
1: Yeah, it sounds awful.
0: Yeah. Uh this week on the show, we'll be talking about two new releases uh with Paolo Sorrentino's Youth and Jared Hess's Don Verdeen. Of course, we'll also be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list, movie predictions, new on video on demand, Blu-ray releases. First up, let's talk about some news. I don't have really too much news to talk about this week, so the big the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the Golden Globe nominations. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't really even get a chance to look at, look these over. Uh, they looked pretty generic. So, all, uh, since we don't really have any other news items other than trailers, I'm just gonna read through these briskly, and then we'll just kind of convey our thoughts on these. Best motion picture drama: We got Carol, Mad Max: Fury Road, The Revenant, Room, Spotlight. What say you to that? I'm um,
1: I'm already like halfway asleep. <laughs>
0: I want to see this the... is like this is like a bedtime story. Just keep going. I'm excited about The Revenant. I must say. I think that that's gonna be that's gonna be a good. Yeah. <laughs> excited for that one. Oh boy! Best motion picture comedy or musical: The Big Short, Joy, The Martian, Spy, Trainwreck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, <laughs> one of those is not like the others. No, no, it's not. I mean, I haven't seen Joy. That also seems like it's more of a drama than a comedy, too. But oh well. <laughs> Oh well. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama: Kate Blanchett, Brie Larson, Rooney Mara, Sorceronin, and Alicia Vikander. Okay. Uh, that she was nominated for the Danish Girl. Uh-huh. For that one. Okay. Kate uh, Blanchett and Rooney Mara for Carol. Brie Larson for Room, and Sorceronin for Brooklyn. Oh. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama? Ryan Cranston for Trumbo. Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant. Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Big surprise. Will Smith for Concussion. Really? Yeah, that that yeah. the Will Smith one is kind of a surprise. Because that yeah. movie doesn't look good to me.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. It looks like a TV movie.
0: Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture comedy or musical? Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. Amy Schumer for Trainwreck. Melissa McCarthy for Spy, Maggie Smith for The Lady in the Van, and Lily Tomlin for Grandma.
1: Okay. All Mm. right. Mm. I'll
0: be interested to see who wins that one. I mean, I don't really care who wins, but I'll be interested to see who... It's a a more interesting spread than... Yeah, I saw the trailer for The Lady in the Van, and Maggie Smith... It it looks like a very interesting role for her there. Plays like kind of a crazy lady who lives in a van. (laughs) Uh... Best performance by an actor in a motion picture comedy musical. We got Christian Bale, the big short. Steve Carell, the big short. Matt Damon for The Martian. Al Pacino for Danny Collins. Hmm? Uh, Mark Ruffalo for Infinitely Polar Bear. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture drama. Jane Fonda for Youth. Jennifer Jason Leigh for The Hateful Eight. Helen Mirren for Trumbo. Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina. And Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs.
1: Yeah, all
0: right. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture drama: Paul Dano for *Love and Mercy*; Idris Elba, *Beasts of No Nation*; uh, Mark—I don't know how to pronounce his name—Rylance, Rylance Rylance? for *Bridge of Spies*; Michael Shannon for *99 Homes*; and Sylvester Stallone for *Creed*. Surprised to see Stallone getting a a nomination. I heard he was great, but uh, still, still surprised that they would give him recognition. Best director, motion picture. Todd Haynes for Carol, Alejandro Iñárritu for The Revenant, George Miller for Mad Max, Ridley Scott for The Martian, Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. Alright. What do you think about those?
1: That's a lot of white people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's almost exclusively
1: uh, white people, isn't it? Except for like Idris
0: Elba. Uh yeah. Yeah. We got a couple more here. Best screenplay. <laughs> white people having a year. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Best screenplay, we got Room, Spotlight, The Big Short, Steve Jobs, and The Hateful Eight. Okay. Best animated feature film, we got Anomalisa, The Good Dinosaur, Inside Out, The Peanuts Movie, and Shaun the Sheep. All right. Best foreign language film, The Brand New Testament, The Club, The Fencer, Mustang, and Son of Saul. Okay, there's actually a couple in there I haven't heard of. Yeah, same here. That's same interesting. Here. Interesting. I interesting. I don't know what The Club or The Fencer is.
1: I've heard of The Club. I haven't heard of The Fence, though.
0: And then the other ones are for... Well, I'll just read them. Best Original Score was Carol, Danish Girl, Hateful Eight, Steve Jobs and The Revenant, Best Original Song, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, Love and Mercy, Furious 7, Youth and Spectre. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so sure about these. They they just... uh, They feel generic to me for Mm -hmm. some reason. Yeah. It feels much like... I mean, they, they all
1: kind of like blur together, don't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, like uh, Alicia Vikander getting nominated for Ex Machina. I like that. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee getting nominated for The Hateful Eight. That that's cool. Interesting that The Hateful Eight wasn't up for Best Motion Picture. Yeah, but, I mean the ones that they picked were. I mean I haven't seen all of these. I haven't, in fact, I've only seen Mad Max and Spotlight as of right now. Yeah. By the end of the year, I'll probably have seen all of them, but they seem, as far as what people are saying, all very good. So, I don't know. I don't know what to to say about that. It's just boring. It's boring. Yeah. Well, that's the Golden Globes in a nutshell. I think if you had to come up with a one-word descriptor for the Golden Globes, I would say boring would be a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. I would agree. So the Golden Globes are gonna be airing live on NBC January tenth, if you're interested. Let's talk about some trailers that came out this week. A couple notable trailers. Uh we got the new X-Men Apocalypse movie has a trailer that came out. Brian Singer's presumably last X-Men movie.
1: Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that this was happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Huh. It uh could be solid. I think it takes place in the 80s, I want to say this one. And it looks like it could be good. I mean, I hope it's good. Everybody from the last one is back, but it's all of the like the younger cast since it's all it takes place in the 80s, so it's like James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence and uh oh what's his name? Evan Peters, the the guy that plays Quicksilver and oh, nice. So it's all the younger younger cast yeah and oscar isaac plays apocalypse he'll be the villain so yes Yes. yeah i think that this one could be could be quite good i'm interested uh we have the legend of tarzan i did not even watch this trailer because i don't i don't need to watch it to know how this one's gonna turn out why is there a tarzan movie i don't know why are we doing this i don't know but i'm i don't have very high hopes on that one uh Steven Spielberg's The BFG got a teaser trailer. I'll be interested. Slightly, I'm slightly interested in this one. Spielberg going back to the family film uh based on the very popular book by Roald Dahl. Yeah. I don't recall ever reading the book. I mean, I remember seeing it like the the illustrations, but I don't think I've ever read it. Uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2: Out of the Shadows. <laughs> uh I'm sure that this movie's going to be absolutely terrible. I'm sure of it. But the fact that they... That this one has Bebop and Rocksteady in it. Kind of excited about that. You just want to see some Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, because they were two of the main henchmen from the cartoon, and they were never in any of the movies. That's true. So I think it'll be interesting. And it looks like, from the trailer, it looks like they are very much like their characters in the show. So... I don't know. It might be fun. It looks like it's going to be a lot more fun and less brooding and dark than the the last one.
1: Yeah, because this is this. I mean, they're turtles. Yeah. They're like, so it looks
0: uh, like they, it could be going for a lighter vibe, which I'm t- I'm totally cool with. I still have no expectations for it. I despised the first one. So Casey Jones is in this one as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's the dude that's uh Green Arrow on the show Green Arrow. Oh, okay. on the show Arrow, uh, rather. He's playing Casey Jones. I'm a, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him playing Casey Jones. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see about that one. Uh let's go ahead and dive into our first review. Which one do you want to start with this week? Uh let's let's get rid of uh Youth. Okay. Let's do that one. So, Youth is directed by Paolo Sorrentino. I have a synopsis here. Retired orchestra conductor's on holiday with his daughter and his film director best friend in the Alps when he receives an invitation from Queen Elizabeth II to perform for Prince Philip's birthday. This stars Michael Caine, Harvey Keitel, Rachel Weisz, uh, Paul Dano is in there as well. All right, Kevin, clearly you were not taken with this movie. So, what did you think of Youth? The youth is um it's almost exclusively made of um
1: garbage like mm. this is this is bad like this is just flat out bad the only the only redeeming factor for me was it's cinematography it's good, good cinematography um and that's about it to be honest I didn't even think the performances were that great
0: I and liked you're, it, like, and you're talking
1: about a, a bunch of heavy hitters here, yeah. But, holy shit, Paul Dana, what the fuck was he doing? What was his character?
0: I liked his character at first, um just because of how he was it just seemed like he was kind of just reading people like he was just kind of going with the flow and observing you know he was an actor he was trying to observe, but then, when he had his little crisis or whatever uh i I don't know it that that was like it's just befuddling to me It's just there was too much there I felt like the It wasn't, the story of this wasn't concise enough. There was too much going on. There were too many ideas. Yeah. It was just, it was was kind of a mess, narratively speaking. It was definitely
1: a mess. And then a lot of the, the, a lot of the screenplay of this is just like the dialogue. is just, it's awful. And it's almost like he wrote it as like, he just gathered up a bunch of those shitty inspirational posters. (laughs) Yeah. there (laughs) There were a lot of those. And he just like organized them and then stapled them together put the word youth on front
0: of it and it was like, here we go. This is the screenplay. It's just, I, I, oh, why? Well, I definitely liked it more than you. I didn't love it. The The thing about this director, I've never, the only two I've seen the great beauty and I've seen this must be the place. And I really liked this must be the place. And I surprisingly loved the great beauty. This is a lot like the great beauty in a lot of ways where it's kind of exploring the idea of age and it seems like there's probably a lot of uh you know autobiographical stuff happening here yeah it's just i uh but i just wonder if a lot of this comes
1: down to him him working in english because a lot of the dialogue is just
0: maybe i mean i've read it's just uncomfortable i've read some people say that that uh, the English uh, tr- transitioning into English was not didn't do him any favors. The I thought some of the dialogue was good. Some of it was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit uh, thick as far as uh, the the inspirational, <laughs> the, <Yeah>. the, the <laughs> sentimental qualities. Um, a oh lot of it felt very music video esque, which is yeah, I mean, that, some... that's how that's how the great beauty fell at times too. But for me, it looked so good. And I, and I love the music in this movie too. So for me, that all, I was okay with all of that. Like I recognize.
1: It's just, unfortunately, like a lot of the things that he would cut to were just so silly, you know, like where it would cut to the masseuse, like playing her dancing game. Yeah. that was kind of odd. <laughs> it was just like, do it for a little bit and I cut to something else
0: and then it's yeah. cut
1: into the, uh, the, um, the escort girl. And it's just like, what, what, why? Yeah. I forgot about her. Who (laughs) are these (laughs) people?
0: There's so much, there's entirely too much going on. They needed to just, they needed to just flat out strip some of these characters, get rid of them. Like the, the, the footballer, like, like his whole (laughs) (laughs) thing where he barely, he didn't, he had like three lines the whole time. Yeah. It's like,
1: there's one
0: (laughs) where the little kid comes up to Michael Caine Oh yeah, you know, in the
1: pool, and they say, which uh, everything involved in that kid was just awful. That was just so stupid. Especially when like Michael Caine just walks into his room, and he's like, "Do you know who wrote that?" And it's just like, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me?" And then the football guy comes up, he's like, "I'm left-handed too." Yeah, and then cut. It's like, okay,
0: yeah, what was the point of that? What are we doing? Yeah, this movie. uh... Uh, I would call it emotionally manipulative at times too. Yeah, but it's even um, terrible doing that. What What happens towards the end is not only comes out of left field, but is also completely befuddling. Uh, what ha- what happens with Harvey Keitel's character? Yeah, and his uh, his
1: last couple of lines. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, I. This awful. It's so bad.
1: And like the little vision that he has. That, yeah, was, that was with cool. all his actresses. And then if Michael
0: Caine conducting cows and That didn't work for me at all. It looked good. I mean <laughs> Yeah. That, that, good, that that's but... the one that is the one saving grace for me. Well, the the two things the, that I already mentioned, the music and the, the visuals in this. I thought it was an absolutely beautiful film, uh, cinematography wise. I
1: But holy shit, is it hollow?
0: Yeah. I mean I was this is a, definitely a style over substance. Oh, the, uh, movie. I, I just remember when he's
1: out with Paul Dano chopping for cuckoo clocks or whatever. <clears throat> and that like preteen girl comes up to Paul Dano. Like what, what was that? Well, so, that, like, was, what, it, it, that exchange was, was just ridiculous. It was, I mean, the writing is so bad.
0: It was supposed to be him kind of, uh, realizing that it's, that, People respect him for more than just his the robot role that he had, or whatever that he <laughs> yeah. was kind of in in conflict with.
1: But it was just, oh my goodness, the fact that, like what you know, she the the movie that she picks, and of course he's like, no one's seen that movie. Yeah,
0: it's like shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this movie definitely lays it on thick. That's for sure. And then he goes super super somber hitler for no reason but she, played a good, she's he sad. played a good hitler i mean he definitely looked the part he did yeah he
1: looked like hitler but what the what the hell was that what the hell was that and the whole sequence where he's getting his hair cut yeah <laughs> What is going on in this movie oh jesus and yeah. i must say the the effects work with the mountaineer at the end
0: what the hell was that <laughs> I didn't I know if that to... was supposed to. Be, I didn't know if that was supposed to be like serious or not. I. It had to be. Hey, everything's so serious in this movie. That looked absolutely horrendous. That looked like an 80s TV show or something. It was. It was awful. It was absolutely awful.
1: It's, I mean, I laughed a lot during this movie. I'll give you that. It yeah. kind of. It kind of reminded me of that Johnny Depp Dior commercial. I don't know if you've seen that yet. No, I
0: haven't. Oh my god! Look, yeah, that's so. that's comedy of the year right there. Yeah. Um, I just I, I, I do, I do want to stay at this resort wherever in the uh, in the Alps, whatever whatever this resort is. I wanna I wanna go there. I wanna stay yeah. there. It, it works. It works in that sense that it's it's a great
1: great commercial for that <laughs> for that place. Yeah, I mean it's wonderful. But like, why why outside of being able to put her on the poster and to have that scene where she's naked and walks into the pool. What was the point of the Miss Universe being there?
0: Uh well I thought I thought that they were gonna like kind of subvert your expectations with her and have her be like and they and they kind of tried to do that by making her <laughs> I know, but actually, like... like really intelligent but they but didn't. is that supposed to be like surprising? Like, but no, no, that's the thing. Like they didn't Whoa. do anything with it. They Whoa. didn't do like she was there, and but what was there? Literally, was no point of, of her being there. She yeah. was in two, like what two scenes? She was in two scenes. Yeah, and
1: the scene between her and Paul Dano was just Like, can It's just so terrible. And, and, like, what? Well, do you know about the world at all? Like, it, I'm supposed to be shocked that, like, oh shit, Miss
0: Universe is actually intelligent. What? And like, they play it up like she was gonna be play some sort of big, bigger role. Like, they were like, oh, Miss Universe is coming. Miss Universe is gonna be here. Uh Oh, there she is. There's Miss Universe, and it's like, oh, she's in one scene with Paul Dano, and they're hanging out by the pool. <laughs> yeah, and <then> she's in <laughs> one other scene. And then
1: they followed up with like, you know, they, they try and make this. Like kind of like oh, she's actually intelligent, da-da-da-da-da. and then the the next scene that you see her is just her being naked and walking into a pool, and that's it. And it's just like oh, okay, yep. where goes that idea? Okay, so you want you want me to think that she's intelligent, and it, like that was supposed to be some sort of like surprise or something, but then you completely undermine it by just having her be a sex object later.
0: Okay, all right. Also. Jane Fonda, the fact that she got nominated for a Golden Globe for this, she she was also in t- technically two scenes, mm-hmm. but one of them was just consisted of her rolling on the, f- the floor of a plane crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, she did a good job, but I just I don't think there was enough there no. <laughs> for, for her to warrant a nomination.
1: No, not at all. Not at all.
0: I mean, I liked that scene with her mm-hmm. and Harvey Keitel, but again, it was like, why, why so much of this, this film felt unnecessary.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's just a mess. It's just an absolute mess. Yeah.
0: There were, there were just, there, there were too many, there were too many ideas floating around in this, in this movie. I feel like if they made it more concise, focused it more on Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel and, and, and not, take all these sidelines with like paul dano and rachel weiss and her crumbling marriage and i mean you can introduce that but they just and then like her finding the mountaineer guy yeah there's nothing there's just nothing there's so many little side plots happening and i don't really understand what's going on with the the masseuse and why we spend so much time with her because she gives like it seems like the reason we spent all of that time with her was so that she could impart that one bit of wisdom to Michael Kane mm-hmm. And it's like, what? We spent all this time with her, showing her, playing her Just Dance 2015 or whatever, and that's that's what it is? That's what we get out of it? I thought that there was going to be some sort of uh, uh, like a sexual... Interaction happening there between the two of them. Yeah, I mean that's that's a compliment there. If they don't go down that route, no. I, and I thought that they were. There were several times I was like, "Uh oh." I know, and I was kept there. thinking, I am like,
1: "Oh, it's gonna get worse." Okay, <laughs> but I mean, luckily they didn't in that respect. But it's still awful. It's still mostly garbage, like ninety-eight percent garbage. And I just want to know what the hell Paul Dano was doing. What was he doing? Because whatever it is, it was
0: awful. Um, well, he wasn't doing a lot. No, he he doesn't every, have every
1: time he would do that little head nod thing. You know, he would like ra- raise his glass a little bit.
0: He was just observing. He was just Shit. an observer. Dude, that, that was s- his... I'm gonna smack you in the face. That over. was his point. He was he was just an observer. His... And then the uh, the old couple that they were like taking bets on. Yeah, throughout uh-huh. the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I don't know, man.
1: It just, it almost feels like a, not only is it like the screenplay nothing but just all those inspirational posters and, you know, dime stored, like emotional weight and all that shit, but <clears throat> it also just feels like a shit ton of aborted ideas. Yeah. Just like, oh, we have all these that we don't want to develop or do anything with. Let's just put them all together and maybe that will be enough.
0: One of the lines that made me laugh was towards the end, was when his doctor, when he said something like, when he mentioned, oh, what did he say? Shit, he said youth. He was like, oh yeah. He was like, what? Oh, man, I don't remember what he said. I think
1: It was something along the lines of like, do you know? Do you know what's
0: out there for you after this? Or oh yeah, yeah. And he, or, he's, he's like, used. youth. Was <laughs> like, oh. what? Shut up. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? What are you talking about?
1: You you say that emotions are overrated, but that's bullshit. Emotions are all we've got. (laughs) Okay, sure, sure. (laughs) Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think if they just kept it to... uh, Really, I just wanted Land Ho. I mean, this could have been Land Ho, just with Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel, and have the same visuals. I would, I would music
1: i would much rather watch the land hill
0: because it essentially
1: deals with a lot of the stuff that they're trying to work with in here but yeah. it does it like eighty thousand times better just so much better i just i'm just baffled by this i can't believe that like this this is like a final product yeah i'm just, I'm just confused I'm just so confused as to how this can be a final product considering everyone that's involved
0: Yep. Uh, I don't know. Awful. Don't know. Awful. I'm not going to say it was awful. I again will reiterate that I was completely enamored with the visuals of this. And I, I understand I, I, that a, I understand that a lot of the the visuals that occurred were were very cheap. I mean as far as like <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like the the spinning stage and the way that he had all of that lit, you know. Was was very deliberate and and I don't I, I would call it like cheap, <laughs> but uh no yeah, I know exactly it, what you're talking about because it it's, it's just a, it's all hollow imagery right still nice looking yeah I mean it, it all worked for me And there were a lot of little things too like one one thing that stood out to me and it, this was another one of these like little just little visual uh things that I noticed there was a scene where Michael Caine and Rachel Weiss were having, like, some sort of mud treatment, mud mm-hmm. therapy treatment thing, mm-hmm. and there was, like, this kind of bitter back and forth, well, not back and forth, but Rachel Weiss was really kind of tearing him a new one, and they, the way that they framed it, how they had his uh, table that he was laying on moving down, and then it kind of revealed her laying there, I just, I really liked how they handled that shot. Yeah,
1: because that, was- that was her taking him down a few pegs.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Get, it, get it? I actually applauded when this movie was over. <laughs> that way I could go on with my life. I just really I, dislike this.
0: I didn't think that it was anywhere on the same level as The Great Beauty, but I I still, eh, it was okay. All right, let's rate this sucker. Okay, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm sitting somewhere between like a five and a half and a six on this one.
1: Okay,
0: all right. I got I got i I'm going to give it a three. All right there we go that's youth that's playing in select cities right now this is not on vod just yet but uh i would say if you liked if uh uh, yeah this one i don't i don't know if i can recommend this one i can't i definitely can't there's so many other better things out there to watch just go see land ho I yeah. think I think Land Ho. Fucking Land Ho. I think Land Ho captures a lot of the same ideas and does it in a much more entertaining and concise way. Plus, the the landscape of
1: Iceland it has a it has a slight edge on the landscape of Switzerland of youth. So uh, a slight edge, yeah, a slight so, edge. Edge. so you got the one the one
0: positive of youth is still even
1: it's better in Land Ho.
0: Also the music in Land Ho is it's really good. I don't know if it's if I liked it as much as Plus the comedy or, or better are than youth. Better
1: but. performances are better. Fucking oh, see Land Ho. And there's no somber Hitler that you have to deal with.
0: <laughs> somber Hitler, oh my god. Oh, what was that? What was that all about? Oh man. Nine 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 nine. <laughs> Oh, anyway, let's move on and talk about Don Verdeen. This is written and directed by Jared Hess. I have a synopsis here. A self-professed biblical archaeologist who has fallen on hard times, starts to bend the truth in order to continue inspiring the faithful. The stars Sam Rockwell, Amy Ryan, Jermaine Clement. Will Forte's in there. Danny McBride's in there. uh, Leslie Bibb is in there. Uh, I will start this one off. Had semi high hopes for this one just because of mostly the cast mm-hmm. in this one strong cast trailer made me laugh uh the movie itself unfortunately did not make me laugh yeah and uh i uh i had a bad time with this one i just i did not like it at all
1: yeah unfortunately I, i'm kind of with you i uh i liked it more than youth i'll say that <laughs> The the funny thing is is I I didn't think it was as funny as Youth, but Youth was kind of like an unintentional humor. But uh, I gotta say, I, I mean, I I wasn't miserable while watching Don for Dean. I mean, I did like that's the nicest thing I can say. I guess no, I
0: wasn't I wasn't miserable, but for me it was just a meh. Like there wasn't anything. Yeah, there wasn't anything like really. Uh, to latch on to it. Uh, I thought that it's, uh, that it started off pretty funny, but then fizzled out very quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, I and mean, I think it's like a lot of comedies that we, that we talk about, it gets so, um, so focused on plot. Yeah. that just all the comedy disappears. Yeah. Cause of the and the plot in this one just gets ridiculous, which is, that's okay. Ridiculous plots are fun, but they just forgot to keep the humor there when they went down that road
0: yeah i initially liked jermaine clement's character uh, but he started to become grating for me very quickly especially after they brought him to the states yeah because like his whole character changes
1: yeah and it, he he plays it with the most ridiculous accent yeah which is it it's funny at first but the novelty definitely wears off after Absolutely. a while and you're just like oh my god this is awful yeah stop please Maybe you shouldn't have had as many lines as you did. Or just play as big of a role. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> let's keep that to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. Please.
0: Yeah, yes. Uh, I liked... I really liked it at first. The, just the setup. I was like, oh, they're kind of taking a piss out of all this, you know, crazy religious nonsense. And yeah, and it's all, it's and- all kind of interesting at
1: first, too, because even,
0: like... It, the Like,
1: the religion part of it, you know, the people's faith and stuff, isn't really, like, the centerpiece of the comedy. Like, it could have been really easy to just make fun of them. Yeah. But they don't really do that. But they don't really do much else with it, either.
0: In a lot of ways, it kind of reminded me of uh, Life Aquatic, where it was this kind of, you know, this uh, famous, semi-famous uh, guy who had a very specific thing that he did, and he was kind of losing his edge. He was kind of... He, he kind of had a fall from grace, and he was trying to trying to bring it back by doing something kind of stupid. Yeah. I mean, it was nowhere on the same level, of course, but... No, no. I always feel like Jared Hess's movies have uh, like a Wes Anderson influence to them.
1: They always have so much potential, don't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember... I remember I felt the same way about um, oh, what the hell is the... Gentleman Broncos? Yeah, Gentleman Broncos. But I, I actually was feeling the one. same way about that one.
1: I actually like that movie. Because it's so stupid. <laughs> it, it's is, so, it's so it, it is so dumb.
0: love it. It is stupid. I hated Nacho Libre. I'll
1: tell you that. I never I never, I never watched that. I just, just judging by the trailer, I was like, I can't handle that.
0: Nacho Libre is more like a Kids movie. It it feels not like good. a kid's movie. I mm-hmm. hey, I gotta say I what's
1: I was kinda surprised with the, the performances in this. I thought Sam Rockwell was really great, as usual.
0: Yeah, I liked his accent. And... Even Danny McBride I thought was great.
1: Yeah, Even Danny McBride was good. He plays it a little bit more straight, not as not as uh not as humorous as you usually go with him.
0: No, yeah, Will Forte was always I mean I I could have used more of Will Forte's character, Pastor Fontaine. It did seem
1: kind of odd that they kind of just inject him here and there, just it, when the plot
0: needs it. Yeah, he felt like a plot device. But outside sure. of that, they just don't really use him at all. Yeah, he was he was definitely a plot device. Joy Linda Lazarus. <laughs> Leslie Bibb. Uh, it's just, it's a funny premise, but for me, I laughed maybe three times. It just it, I don't know. It just it has
1: its moments here and there. But yeah. It just it just happens in your face. Like in front of your face it just happens and then it's over. And I'm more than likely I'm gonna forget all of this.
0: Yeah, I already I watched it last night and I already forget Yeah. Large swaths of what happens. Because <laughs> it just it started losing me so bad towards the end. But Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. Not the worst comedy I saw this week well foreshadowing Ooh,
1: exciting
0: yeah i don't know i don't i don't have much to say about it honestly yeah there's not a lot to say about it i think one of the best parts for me was at the very beginning the the clips of his his uh the movies his his vhs movies (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think that was the best part for me (laughs) (laughs) it it peaked at the beginning yeah it did and everything was just
1: a slow journey downhill
0: I don't know. I just didn't find the, I didn't find it interesting. Like after they, cause at first I was like, Oh, it's kind of like when they went to, when they went to uh, Israel, I was like, Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. But then after they came back and, and uh, everything that happened from that point on, I was just like, eh, I don't really care anymore.
1: Yep. It I'm just, right there with you Cause that's exactly the point pretty much where it got so plot heavy. Because I like, knew
0: where we were just we were just
1: having fun.
0: Because I knew where it was gonna go. Because there's been oh, so many movies like this, you know. Yeah, it follows. It gets
1: very predictable. You know exactly where it's going, what's gonna happen, what they're gonna do, the twist, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Just I a... thought. I mean, the the end, the very, the very, very end was okay. How they how they ended the film. I do like the brush your teeth stab. Brush your yeah. teeth stab. <laughs> Yeah, I liked that, but hell, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. I'm done. I don't have anything either. Yeah, we're done. We're, right, done. we're done. We're done. That's Don Verdine. I'd say. I mean, if you like the kind of awkward style of of Jared Hess's films, if you like *Nacho Libre* and Gentleman Broncos* and *Napoleon Dynamite*, and probably worth checking out. You can rent it on VOD. So you know, it's good. It's what. Five bucks or something? Or six ninety nine on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know if I would pay six ninety nine. Yeah, I, would, I don't know. Just this wait. this might be a Netflix watch. Yeah,
1: it's gonna pop up somewhere at some point in time.
0: Yeah. You
1: can you can wait. You can
0: You, you can, can definitely wait. wait for this one. Just Alright, what are you gonna give Don Verdeen out of ten? I'm gonna give Don Verdeen a like a five. I'm gonna give Don Verdeen a four and a half. Just like right in the middle.
1: I could agree with a four and a half as well. It's it's, it's just it was it was it's so, so you know it's so um, inoffensive. And
0: it's just like okay. Yep. All right. All right. So kind of a not so great week for yeah, our, uh, our reviews, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about some more we've been watching. I think it's is it my turn to start it off? Sure. I saw Crimson Peak this Ooh. week. Finally caught up with the little. Crimson Peak Action, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Is this the worst comedy? <laughs> no. The well, I mean, if you if you want to call this a comedy, then yes, I would say that they failed at being a comedy. <laughs> um, Mia Wasikowska, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston, Charlie Hunnam's in there. Uh, so this is kind of a take on a, a classic gothic horror story. I was surprised at just how uh, close to... The, the films that inspired this, uh, Del Toro took things. Everything from the like the dialogue, the speech, the way that the characters uh, spoke and emoted. It felt like a gothic, one of those classic Gothic horror stories. Uh, the you know, as you might expect, the the house that this takes place in is almost a character uh, in and of itself and like a lot of people said a lot there was a lot of people that were like well it's not really a horror movie it's almost like a it's almost like a, like a gothic romance movie of sorts and it it kind of is i wouldn't i mean it is a horror movie but it's not very scary there there are a couple suspenseful moments cuz the whole thing is she can see ghosts but that's not really what the movie's about that's not where the conflict lies it's just, not it's kind of like an, an added Yeah, it's just like an added thing. It's like, Like, oh, by the
1: way, she can see ghosts.
0: Yeah, it's like the ghosts. Hmm, I don't know if that's a spoiler, but I'll just say the the ghosts sort of aid her. Ooh, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, visuals top notch. Holy crap! I loved the house. It looked gorgeous. Like the the one thing that was really cool about the house was that it was missing part of the roof. So anytime it would snow the inside of the house, it would like snow inside the house. Fantastic. So that, that gave a really cool uh, visual look. What uh, what about the, what about the blood snow?
1: That was the only thing that kind of,
0: the blood snow is great. Okay. It wasn't, it's not blood. It's actually clay. Oh yeah. They, they, they talk, they talk about it early on. It's actually where the, the house is located. There's this like kind of rich Mm -hmm. something with the, clay, it's a special kind of clay okay. and during certain times of the year it kind of bubbles up to the surface Oh, okay All So it's, right. that, so it's not right. actually blood All interest is gone <laughs> All interest is gone I mean there is a lot of blood in it, if you're looking red. for blood there's tons of blood Does the blood mix with the snow though? I need to know if there's blood snow Uh No, I mean it looks like blood but it's not It's clay, no. it's bright red I don't know if that's going to work for me I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. Overall, it's it's good. I didn't love it, but it was solid. I gave it a three on Letterboxd. Okay. man. Right. So that's Crimson Peak. I'd say check it out. It's worth it's worth a look. I mean, for the for just for the production design alone, it's worth a look. Yeah, he's always got that going on. Yeah, and there's of course he he's able to integ- integrate some of his interesting kind of creature designs in it. Even though they're they're ghosts, they still look very unique um and he also is able to bring in some of his kind of contraptions um like the whole one of the plot points is that Tom Hiddleston is trying to get capital to build these clay extractor machines that he designed, so they're these like very intricate like steam powered um uh, i don't know what they are extractors. <laughs> And they they look very you know or, ornate. Hmm. So there's there's definitely I mean it is definitely a Guillermo del Toro film. It's got his stamp all over it. So if you're if you're into that, I mean it's it's no I don't I wouldn't say it's on the same level as like Pan's Labyrinth, but it's it's still solid.
1: Okay, all right.
0: Uh, I caught a good one on the old uh, Netflix Instant,
1: and that's Man from Reno.
0: Yeah, oil. Or- or- I hope to watch that this week. I'm telling you, this is this is you. This is I was, you. yeah. I, really I was gonna watch this. it. I was gonna watch it last night, and then I got. It's tired. got a,
1: it's got a lot of noir elements going on, a lot of influences and stuff. But to me, and it might just be because I, you know, I don't have the you know deep understanding, deep knowledge of the genre. But to me, it didn't feel like um like cramming it down your throat, heavy handed, that type of thing. Seems like it was a nice subtle mix of influences and such. Um, it's got great performances, great cinematography. The writing, like the actual story itself is, is great. I was hooked. I was intrigued the entire time. It takes some unexpected turns, which that doesn't happen too often where you're just kind of taken completely by surprise. And it ends with a hell of a gut punch. And it was just, is just an overall good time. I was not expecting to, to enjoy this one as much as I did. But hell, it's it's a solid story.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's fantastic
1: filmmaking right here.
0: Hopefully, I'll be able to watch that.
1: Maybe I'll watch that today. And it's so, just you know, it. I I mean, I would have to look, but it just feels like I haven't. It's been a while since I've seen a really good mystery. Yeah, it's one of those like old school style mysteries where she's a mystery writer and she sneaks off from her book tour to
0: go to San Francisco, and then she kind of gets wrapped up in one i love mysteries man i just i love i i just ordered this uh board game this is a complete side note but i ordered this board game that i'm really excited to get i'm getting it on monday it's called time stories okay and it's like a cooperative uh board game where the players play like time detectives so you it takes place in the future but you jump all over time and you have to it's sort of like a From what I understand, it's it's sort of like a choose your own adventure, only it's it's much more intricate and detailed than that. So you have to like you go back in time and then you have to try to solve this mystery. But you only have a specific amount of time that you can be in the past before you're pushed back to the present. So then you have to go back and you go back to where you started. So everything starts all over again. But you have the knowledge of all the information you gained the first time you were there. So you keep jumping back and back and back until eventually you put all the pieces together and solve the the mystery. Okay, that and sounds sound, pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited to uh, to get it. The way that it's set up is it's like you can really only play it once because after you solve the mystery, that's that's it. But they're coming out with like modules for it, so it's like separate, so it's different stories. Yeah, like the first one takes place in the 1920s in an asylum. And then the second one, which is out now, takes place in the 90s. And it's like a murder mystery. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's called Time Stories. But anyway. Man from Reno. That's on Netflix Instant. I'm definitely... I've I've been wanting to see that one for a little while now. I just haven't got around to it. But I will watch it before the end of the year, that's for sure. I saw The Ridiculous Six. Probably should have watched the Man from Reno instead. But yes, I think that would have been a much better idea. I just wanted a comedy... And I saw this was on on uh, this came out and I was like, Well why not? I'll give it a shot. Uh full disclosure, I did not finish this movie. I turned it off. Uh probably I didn't have much to go. I was maybe fifteen minutes left, and I just couldn't take it anymore. This movie is a complete and absolute pile of garbage. It is So much worse than you could have ever imagined that it would be. It, I mean, within the first uh, 20 minutes, there's shit jokes, fart jokes, dick jokes, a fair amount of racism. Taylor Lautner plays a mentally disabled person. Is he like, is he like James Franco? Sort of, yeah. I, I, um, he's actually pretty much the character that, um, if you remember in Tropic Thunder, yeah. the full the full on retard or full retard <laughs> uh, with Ben Stiller, that's pretty much the character that he plays. <laughs> it's atrocious. This movie is unbelievably horrible. I don't understand how people, good people, people that I like are in this. Like Steve Buscemi, Terry Crews, Danny Trejo, David Spade. I mean, well, David Spade. Steve Zahn's in there. Will Forte, Luke Wilson, John Turturro, Chris Parnell. The cast just goes on and on. And he's
1: just—he's <clears throat> got like the nicest friends ever. You just imagine they—they they have,
0: they have to be the nicest friends. That must be what it is. It must just be that Adam Sandler is just a nice, likable guy, and mm-hmm. his friends just want to just help him out, help him out, and just have fun. It's
1: the only thing that makes sense. Well that and a paycheck, but
0: Yeah, but I can't imagine that this one would be that big of a paycheck since it's like a Netflix thing. And may- maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine that this would pay as much as, you know, a big studio film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's freaking horrible. It's a it's a. if you're not familiar, it's a western where Adam Sandler is an orphan. Stop. Who is raised by Stop. Native Americans, and oh, he meets his please. father, played by Nick Nolte, oh, and, his, yeah. and his father gets kidnapped, and on a on the journey to to uh. rescue his father, he meets five other guys uh. who turn out to be his brothers, uh. and that's uh, Terry Cruz, Jorge Garcia, Taylor Lautner, Rob Schneider, and Luke Wilson. Oh my God! And together they decide to go help rescue his their their father. Oh my god. It is uh <laughs> I'm having a horrible time just listening about it. And there's a like Rob Schneider is half Mexican in it. Well, yeah, So why not? he wears the sombrero and he's got the you know Does he do the accent? Yeah oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah thick oh, accent. Oh, thick. And he has a he has a, a, a burro that he takes around with him. And the mm-hmm. and the donkey shits everywhere. Uh, and it shits on people. Yes! Yeah, there's a scene where... That's kind uh, of cool. There's a scene where Chris Parnell plays a, a bank owner, and they distract the bank owner, and then when he goes to chase after him, Rob Schneider he... t- tells his donkey to shit all over Chris Parnell. Oh, my God. And it's like explosive diarrhea all oh, over that's... him. Dude,
1: that's so awesome.
0: Yep. Damn. It's, it sounds It's, good. it's great. Sounds so good. And sometimes the donkey farts. Oh, just like randomly? Eh, sort of.
1: Oh, missed opportunity right there.
0: It's a blast. It's just a blast. It sounds awesome. Did you fall asleep? Did it work? I did fall asleep, actually. That's, yeah.
1: The streak continues. Good job, Adam Sandler.
0: Yep, I did. I'm not even kidding you. I did fall asleep. That's Ridiculous 6. Avoid. Please avoid at all costs one of the worst movies of the year by far. I have a,
1: a strong feeling that like 80% of the people that are watching this movie it's hate watching.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a hate watch for me. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it just bums me out. You know, they would, because like the next one I'm going to talk about, they, all these films that are out there and they don't get watched, and all these other ones that get hate watched into yeah. oblivion, it's just bummer. It's a bummer. Stop hate watching
0: stuff. Watch good stuff. Nah, I probably still hate watch stuff. I I
1: typically you need it to
0: go to sleep. I well, understand. See, I put things on. I put things on that I don't care about if I'm like if I just want something on in the background. You know, if I'm like in the middle of writing an article or if I'm middle, in the middle of cleaning or something like that, uh a lot of times if I don't have anything to put on, I'll just put on a movie that I don't really care about. It's like the
1: like the closest thing to a compliment that Adam Sandler's films have gotten <laughs> in several years. Like mm. you know, it's a decent movie to put on while, while you're cleaning <laughs> and not paying attention to it. All right, now, well I have one, and that's the Idiot Faces tomorrow. I have actually I have a review up of this. this. is the latest unsung indies. This is actually the first one that's a, a 2015 release, so I actually missed it myself. So, but call around to it Are we in the in the review i actually have a, a vimeo link because this is on vimeo you can watch it for free cool but this uh premiered on no budge earlier in the year and uh i've been wanting to watch this one for a while but it, i've always been a bit a bit trepidatious because i found the the runtime to be a little daunting because usually with the the indies one of the one of the nicest things about them kind of like a bonus is that they're all they're all relatively short, you know, they're all kind of like 90 minutes or or shorter. This one's two and a half hours. So I was I was a little worried. Okay. Plus it's experimental as all hell. But man, this is something else. I don't know if I've really seen anything like this. At least I can't think of anything that even comes remotely close to being like this film, which is essentially just like a following a an apathetic man just trying to realize like the shittiest dream ever. He just wants to be completely useless so much so that he just wants to become a junkie. And he thinks that if he does that, then he'll get opportunities to get jobs. Or if he feigns like mental retardation, that that's the best route for his life, for Mm. his future. Okay. So um, he's more than likely the most unlikable character I've ever seen. And you know, a lot of the indies nowadays seem to be like that's the that's the whole shtick where you're just watching like an asshole, like the main character's an asshole. Yeah, that's a, This I've guy no, this I've is like the that. this is like the apex of that. Like there's there's not really any redeeming qualities to this person. And you get to spend two and a half hours with them. And uh but the the thing that I thought was unbelievably compelling for me was it's kind of like a series of short films Mm -hmm. you know over time when you're following this guy around and uh it's a mixture you have super eight you have 16 millimeter you have vhs you have hd it's all these different kinds of film formats and some are more experimental than others there's times when it's like in the hd format that it just looks like a normal film it looks like you're just watching a normal film, but then it'll immediately switch to like VHS and it's something completely different. So it's just, like I said, I, I can't really think of anything that even comes remotely close to being like this film. Interesting. So I, I would recommend it. It's, it's a rough watch. I will be honest. It is challenging, but it's definitely original. It's much better than youth. I would watch this instead of youth you feel like the good. measuring stick is just it's youth
0: it's it's whatever it's so, movie compared so to you
1: it's so much better than youth so so much better and more than
0: likely the ridiculous six is yeah yeah i would i would say any <laughs> almost anything it'll probably it probably won't be the worst of uh the year for me but it'll be it'll be down That's there close. yeah i saw one uh called the boy in the world uh this is directed by ale Abreu, it's a brazilian film it's an animated film this Ooh. just came out this, this just came out this weekend it's uh kind of um so it's about this uh this little kid whose father leaves one day and he goes out on a on a journey to find his father and he he grew up on a on a farm so he was kind of out in the countryside and he, he really wasn't familiar with the changing world around him and as he goes on his journey he realizes that um there is something happening in the country and that's uh, like industrialism is starting to occur so he starts meeting these people who were once um you know farmers or like uh factory workers who are now out of work because they are bringing in machines to do the job and stuff and the land is being corrupted and the the once you know beautiful landscape is now turned into you know a concrete jungle where there's just smokestacks and factories and shipping containers and cranes um but it's uh it's really the animation style is really interesting it's very simple very minimalist animation style, a lot of, uh it almost looks like crayon, but I think it might be pastels being used because okay. <laughs> it has that kind of textured look to it. Yeah. I've been but, wanting to
1: see this one for a
0: while. Uh I think you would like it. The only issue I had with it really was it's 85 minutes, but I feel like this could have been a short film and the same, it would have had the same impact, I think. A lot of people are comparing this to Playtime, which I haven't seen Playtime, so I can't really uh, draw that comparison. But it's uh, devoid of dialogue. There's no dialogue in it. Yeah, there 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 is some there there is some dialogue, but it's not. It's like gibberish. It's like gibberish language, I believe unless it's in Portuguese and I'm just a complete idiot and didn't, it sounded like gibberish to me. I mean, I've heard, I've seen plenty of movies where they speak Portuguese. Um, but the way you, you understand if you see it, the way it's presented, I'm I'm kind of hoping that it was just Portuguese and that you just kind of insulted every single Portuguese person. Maybe, maybe some of it was, but I'm, um, fairly certain that a lot of what is spoken is not any language. Gotcha. But either way, very, very a very cute animation style. Although the film is, I would say, overall very depressing and heart pretty heart wrenching. But uh, still, still absolutely worth a watch. And it, it is kind of shitty that movies like this come out that are truly unique. And there's, I mean, they even incorporate in one scene. There's live action, um, where it uses kind of like stock footage of. Uh, deforestation and and things like that that are happening there right now. Yeah, and so it's it's a unique style. It's it's very unique. Uh, it's really abstract because a lot of what you see is what is happening in his head, like what how he sees the world. Uh, so it's very kind of whimsical mm-hmm. and not. I mean, it, it is very abstract too, and it's a shame that movies like this. Get no recognition when it comes to awards, and then it's just like, Oh, what's the Pixar movie? Uh, yeah, let's just nominate that.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that thing that always kind of bums me out. Like, plus I feel the, like this, should, then this with, should be recognized. Plus, then that with the, the like how we were kind of talking about earlier with hate watching things it seems like it, you know, like that's more of a thing now than actually seeking out, yeah, original things.
0: Yeah, and I would absolutely seek this one out. I don't know when it will be available. It just opened in New York uh this weekend. So keep an eye out for it. It's called The Boy in the World.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: <clears throat> I got one to keep an eye out on
1: that I was kinda surprised by. And that's a, a documentary called A Thousand Sons by Maddie Diop, the uh best known as actress uh thirty five shots of rum, um Simon Killer. She popped up at the end of *Elf for Leisure. She's made a couple of films. This documentary is its one of those where it's kind of like the in-between. It's only 45 minutes long. Mm, mm-hmm. But it's uh, its quite interesting in the sense that within those 45 minutes, she's able to pack in so much substance and rumination starters in that little bit of time. And it starts off like a just a normal documentary. She's just following around the lead from um, the international classic from... Um, 1972, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this. So here we go, uh, Tuki Boogie. The yeah, that's it, Tuki Boogie. Yeah, the the movie from Senegal, and it's about the lead that, that was in that movie, and uh, kind of following him around now. And he's he's never left Senegal, and he's he's a farmer, and it's just kind of showing him his life. And uh, they're doing this like anniversary screening of the movie, and he meets with the the guys from the movie and. They kind of get into some things and it's, again, it's kind of like youth where they're talking about, you know, like aging and not realizing your dreams and kind of thinking of like what could have been and what has happened and this and that. And then all of a sudden just, it completely shifts, but just seamlessly shifts into something else entirely where it kind of like goes down this route of like blurred fiction type deal it's like mixing the two, and it's just it's something else. Again, original. Hmm, interesting. I in enough that I need to see more of her films because holy shit! That's a Thousand Suns. Where did you see this? I saw this on Festival Scope. So oh, okay, so unfortunate. But apparently, yeah. it played in uh New York because that was one of the main. Like, I saw someone say like, "Oh, it's a twenty-five or twenty-fifteen release that played in New York." I was like, hmm. "Oh, I guess I should watch that then."
0: And that's A Thousand Suns. Keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it'll be, it'll pop up on like Vimeo or something at some point. Hopefully. Uh, The only other one that I saw this week was called The Horror of Party Beach. This uh, came out in 1964, directed by Del Tenney. I've been meaning, for some reason I've been meaning to uh, increase my beach film uh, (laughs) repertoire. (laughs) So I saw this listed on Shudder, the horror film streaming service that's uh, that's now available. And I was like, why not? I'll give it a watch. It looks like a bunch of silly, silly B-movie fun. And it and it and it is. It's funny because when you watch movies like this, the whole time you just think about other TV shows and movies that have parodied these types of movies over the years. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it, you're like, wow, it really was like that. It was really that cheesy, where for the first half of this movie, it's basically just kids dancing, doing, like, the zombie... What was the name of the one dance movie they did? It was called, like, The Zombie Stomp. Yeah, The Zombie Stomp on the beach. And it's, like, it's almost like a musical where there's a band playing Yeah, and...
1: Which I gotta say, there's so many beach parties and people dancing and stuff, I, and I've been to the beach numerous times. I've never seen anyone I've never dancing. seen
0: it. I've never witnessed such mm-hmm. a thing. I think that that might have been something that happened back in the day, and we yeah, just missed it.
1: We missed out on it. Yeah. So Come back, I think. Someone should bring that back.
0: So this is basically uh, a 50s B monster movie, although it came out in 1964, so it was a little late to the game but it still has that vibe where it's uh it's it's also a play on the whole atomic uh f- the the fear of the atomic age that people were going through that, that that society was going through back then where it's uh the the premise is that a bunch of radioactive waste gets dumped into the ocean and it and it leaks out and mutates a uh, f- fish Turning them into these kind of fish monsters, and yes. they need to feed off of blood in order to survive. So they manage to get to the, the to the shore, and they terrorize this small beach town. And it's just a blast. <laughs> yes. It's it's so ridiculous. the The main character, uh, her her father is like this scientist, and they have this uh, servant she's this black servant and it is like the most stereotypical uh uh African American servant character that you will ever see it's amazing oh my uh it's just it is definitely a, uh, of its time a product of its time and but it was it was a lot of fun the music was actually pretty decent a lot of the kind of surf rock yeah music uh and uh, I had a good time with it. The The costumes were absolutely atrocious, but it was, that made it even more fun. So that's, uh, the horror at the horror of party beach. And you can see that on shutter. If you have that shutter is actually, I, I've had a membership to that service for a couple months now, and I've m- haven't watched really anything from it, but, uh, I plan on watching more because they have a nice, they have a decently sized library, and they do, um, they have a lot of curated categories. Yeah, man, we—it's
1: getting—it's
0: kind of getting out of control, isn't
1: it? Now there's just so many. Awesome I yeah, I don't even know. What to do right. like there's just too many movies. I, I, I almost wish that we could. Can we just like put a like a moratorium on making films for like I don't know like two or three years just to get it, just, just to let us get caught yeah, up a little bit. Let me just catch
0: up with everything
1: else, please. If you don't mind, that'd
0: be nice. And I noticed that Amazon is doing this thing now where they're kind of pulling in a lot of these streaming services and putting them under kind of one banner. Like, so you can manage all of your video subscriptions through Amazon. Oh boy. Like you can go to amazon.com slash video subscriptions and you can sign up for like, um... Showtime and Stars and Shudder and uh, the Sundance documentary. What is that? The documentary one that Sundance has Good like word. Doc Now or Sundance Now or something. So you can kind of manage all of those subscriptions through your Amazon account. That may may make it a little bit easier to keep organized. <laughs> I haven't tried it out yet or anything, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited because Shutter Now has and Fandor now both now have. Apple TV apps that you can get. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. And they work really, they work really good. Nice. So anyway, anything else on your end? No, oh, that's it for me. All right. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some predictions in the heart of the sea. You said zero. I said 52, actual 43. Uh, the big short, you said 78. I said 76, actual 86. Hmm. A lot of people are talking yeah. about this one. They are in a lot of good things. It's interesting, though, because, at least for me, this one just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it was just, all of a sudden, there it was, the big short.
1: And it's just the way that it kind of came out. It just feels like they're just kind of, like, burying it.
0: But yeah, everything, that I,
1: everything that I hear is good. I'm so confused by this one.
0: Yeah, same here.
1: I don't know what's happening.
0: I don't know, but I I definitely do want to see it. Next week, we got a big one. This is the one everyone was talking about, most anticipated movie of the year, Alvin and the Chipmunks: The oh, Road shit. Chip. It's Oh, the Road Chip? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and say twelve on that one. I'm gonna go zero. Yeah. Okay. What is this? Number four, five? I think it's it. Maybe I think it's the fourth one. Oh, my yeah, God. I think. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's the fourth one because I think there were two of them, and the third one was like they were on like a beach holiday and beach cruise.
1: The worst. And again, no one wants this. No one wants this movie. But yet more people are gonna hate watch this thing than people are actually gonna watch like (laughs) the idiot faces tomorrow or something.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. (sighs) See. even I draw a line on hate watching. I wouldn't I have never seen any of the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies nor will I ever. Good. Yeah. It's yeah. Sh- just why? Why? Oh god. I don't know. Road Chip. Road Chip. Sisters That's uh, the, the Tina Fey Amy Polar one. Mhm. I watch one... them do anything. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll check it out but it's <laughs> <I> true just... <laughs>
1: I just want to say so. I I think it was yesterday, the day before, something like that. I saw on Twitter, and I want to say it was Little White Lies, but I could be wrong. But the, like their little tweet just said, like "Sisters is funny as all hell, but is it good?" And I'm thinking,
0: <laughs> didn't you just
1: answer the question? Like, if it's funny, it's good, then right?
0: Like, what do you? What else did you want from Sisters? They had to add that little last bit to, to pull you in to make you want to. <laughs> No, you answered the question. Thank you. I do need to read your review now. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to say 60. Or, oh, wait, wait you uh, you, you read Sisters. You go I'm going to try and steal what you were going to say. I'm going to say 62 is what you're going for? Nope, I'm saying 65. And the actual big one, Star Wars The Force Awakens. I'm having a lot of trouble with because I guess a lot
1: of people are rewatching And, like, I don't know any of the numbers or the subtitles of those films. So, I'm just completely lost when people are talking about them. Because they'll, like, they'll only say it by the subtitle. Like, A New Hope. Or, you know, and I'm just like, I don't Which one is that? Is that the good ones or the bad ones?
0: Well, A New Hope is the first one. Okay. Although, technically, when that movie came out, there was no subtitle. They added that later. Oh, okay, okay. They they uh they added it after because I mean there was no way that George Lucas had any idea when he was making the first one that it was gonna be such a smash yeah. hit phenomenon that changed the fucking world. Yeah,
1: but it's it's still bizarre to think about.
0: I think this is a tough one to rate because you know first of all I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that it's gonna be fantastic, <clears throat> but. That being said, you know, without a doubt, there are going to be those freaking, those contrarians well, there's, are, yeah yeah, they're, they're going to give bad reviews just for clicks. It's just going to be, it's going to go only
1: really go one of two ways. It's going to be a fucking flood of, oh my God, this is what we've been waiting for. It's the greatest Star Wars ever. You know, the, the whole the hype machine and how everyone's so... There's so much hyperbole now. And then there's going to be the flip side to it, where everyone's like, this is garbage. Yep. Garbage.
0: I think that the the hype is going to far outweigh the, mm-hmm. few, the yeah. few naysayers. And I'm going to say that this is going to get a 97%. Holy shit. I'm going to say 90. 90. 90. I think the embargo lifts on the 15th or the 16th. Because I, I actually got invited to a press screening I can't go unfortunately but the press screenings in New York are on the fifteenth. How long did you cry? After what you that you I didn't go? care I didn't I honestly didn't care because I already have tickets for the for opening day and and I would I, imagine
1: that you would want to see it opening day style and not press screening style exactly
0: exactly and I don't know uh I don't know what theater it's in for the press screening and I want to go see it in a. Freaking giant, you know, theater with the Dolby Atmos sound and all of that stuff too. Yeah, so get it. I don't, I don't mind that I'm not seeing this one early because what's the point? We're not. I'm pretty sure we're not going to be publishing a review for this movie on our site because why? Why? Yeah. Why would we? Everybody's going to go see it anyway. So what's the point in in putting up a review? I do have to say that I, I I'm I'm excited. For it. I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Every time I see the trailer, I get so jazzed up for it. And I don't know if i said it before, but it's
1: mostly just because of everyone else being so psyched about it and being so like genuinely excited and looking forward to it. They just kind of wore off. Yeah. I was like, yeah,
0: I am want to see it too. It's the good vibes. It's, I want to be, be happy like you guys. You're feeling the good vibes. I, I don't think at this point it, it can be bad. I mean... From everything that I've heard, I, I know nothing of the plot. I don't think many people do know it's too like, much about all the plot.
1: about trade embargoes,
0: I think. <laughs> Metaclorians. I think <laughs> it's all about the history of the Metaclorians and how they interact with our bodies. See so you, you guys do that and I'm just like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. What the fuck's a Metaclorian? Well, well the Metaclorians, it's a joke. The the in episode one, the the first prequel that George Lucas basically said in that that the Force, you know, the having the Force, it's actually like a virus in your body, sort of. Oh, oh that
1: kind of takes the bonus out.
0: Of it. Yeah, and, and everybody and everybody got kind of pissed that he did that. No, because it made it lame. Anyway, Son of Saul also comes out in limited release next week, so okay, check that out. <laughs> You won't. Everybody's going to be. I don't know why you would put anything out next week because nobody's going to see anything but Star Wars. I mean, maybe there's going to be some spillover into Sisters because Star Wars was sold out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, but, you know. Anyway, uh, VOD next week. We only got two on the list here Noma, My Perfect Storm, and Anguish. Uh, And Blu ray next week have a number of blu-ray releases here we got mission impossible rogue nation i would absolutely. absolutely recommend checking that one out yeah i actually want to see that it's good it's quite good i was uh i'm surprised it's it's uh it's staying on my top 20 it's, oh, it's shit. yeah i i would don't be surprised to see that on my top 20 because i i had a f- great time with that and yeah. uh i plan on watching it again before the end of the year but ted 2 i'd skip that one it's garbage fantastic four I haven't seen it but I'm pretty sure it's safe to say it's garbage. Maze Runner the Scorch Trials. Scorch Trials. I'll probably give that one a watch just cuz I saw the first one and didn't didn't despise it. I heard that it's actually not bad. The um let's see. Arrow videos putting out 1987's Blood Rage. Ooh. Yeah. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Arrow is also putting out What Have You Done? To Solange from 1972. Oh, cool. I don't see that one. Uh let's see, what else do we got? What else do we got? Just going through the list here. Uh, that's pretty much it as far as regular releases.
1: Okay.
0: Alright. Yeah. What do we got on the old criterion front? We got two box sets. First off. We have the rock box, a bunch of rock docs and whatnot.
1: So you have A Hard Day's Night from 1964, the Beatles one, Monterey Pop Festival from 1967, the D.A. Pennebaker one. You got Gimme Shelter from 1970, and you have Quadrophenia from 1979. So you get those four box set, blues, blue box set. And then there's another box set, which is classic Hitchcock, early Hitchcocks. You get The Man Who Knew Too Much, The 39 Steps, The Lady Vanishes, and foreign, Foreign Correspondent. So you get those, and then there's one film coming out, and that's the Burroughs movie. So the uh, the documentary from 1983 coming out on the blue,
0: on um, on blue, and I think this might be an error, but on Blu-ray dot com it says that Thief is coming out, 1981's Thief. Hmm, maybe I don't know.
1: It's not showing on Criterion's website. That's who I go I straight to the source.
0: Yeah, I think that that's an error because we because we uh, get the list every month of the new the releases, and I don't remember seeing that on there. It looks like Dick Tracy from 1990s getting a Blu ray release, too. That's exciting. Thank God. And the Toxic Avenger collection is coming out on Blu ray, too. I missed that one. Oh, shit. Exciting cinema. Toxic Avenger collection. Why not? Wow, well, I'll never forget when I first saw The Toxic Avenger Part 2, rented it at uh, Hollywood Video. And it scared the shit out of me because I didn't realize what it was. You weren't ready for that. No, because I was I was a kid. And I was a fan of the cartoon, the Toxic Crusaders cartoon series. So when I and went to Hollywood just... Video and I saw that there was a movie, I was like, what? Live action movie. And I rented it and it was Toxic Avenger 2. And, I, and I'll never forget the scene where the Toxie... Puts the guy's hand in a video rewinder, a VHS rewinder machine, and it rips like the skin off of his hand. (laughs) It just and then he rips the guy's intestines out and jumps rope with them, and it's just, uh, I was I was horrified. And it changed you forever. That was your coming
1: of age story. Maybe it was. You should turn that into a film and make it like,
0: oh, Terrence Malick. I would watch that. And have voice have like poetic voiceover about, yeah, dude. Toxic ripping intestines. <laughs> yeah, I might be able to do something like that. <laughs> Are you, like, walking through a field, <laughs> your arms stretched out. I'll never let, forget.
1: Le- letting the sun wash over your face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mm. alright I think that that's going to do it for this week thank you so much for tuning in you can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. filmpulse.net you can follow us on twitter (laughs) at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin and take a minute to look at our Patreon page if you could patreon.com slash filmpulse is the address consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber we appreciate that so very much we value your support for Kevin Rakestraw my name is Adam Patterson we'll see you next week